Thought Bubble Audio. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. Yeah. <laughs> I I tried to think of like four different quippy things to say because I feel like this film deserves a quippy intro. And I couldn't get there. <laughs> Marry me. <laughs> a rom-com we reached a pinnacle in our journey here which is that um a rom-com came out and kirstie was ready to accept a rom-com into her life I like was, willing and ready my heart and mind were wide open wide open as open as the assless chaps on the back of dancer priests <laughs> truly <laughs> As open as the plot holes, perhaps, uh -huh. but <laughs> yeah. that's okay. The only thing more open than the back of Dancing Priest's assless chaps were the gaping holes in plot. Yeah. Yep. Um, we watched NBC's Peacock's Marry Me. <laughs> Starring, inexplicably, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. <laughs> Yes, which is a casting choice that I have questions. It's really about. funny to me paired with the Super Bowl halftime show this year because it just really feels like there's this aughts nostalgia moment going on for like mm -hmm. no good reason. Mm -hmm. It's because we're old, but like, I guess probably. We're the ones who are thirsty for the rom-coms. Like, the youths aren't out there being like, we want the rom-coms. <laughs> I was just going to say, is, like, what did our... When we were in the aughts, was there this, like, 80s revival? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, there was. So this is just the natural cycle of things, and we've yes. now reached the other side. Yes. I saw some tweet that was like, why didn't they have Paul McCartney or Queen play? Because they're like for the olds and they were like, oh, it's <laughs> because oh, everything's just gone up a generation. All yeah. Of yeah. We're becoming old now. Yeah. We got that good, good buying power. Yeah. So they say. <laughs> so they say. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so we watched this film... I so I was open to this film as we yeah. discussed because if there's one thing that I love above all else it's an unhinged premise. Yes. I will buy into almost anything if the premise is just <laughs> absolutely buck wild. Yeah. I was actually like more trepidatious of this movie than you were. Yeah. Because <laughs> This is the kind of film that is so insane on its face that it's like, what do you have to lose? Good or bad, it's so buck wild that there's going to be something to enjoy. Yeah. True. Like, 
there there was no risk of this film taking itself seriously <laughs> and asking the same of me. That's true. That's and true. I think a lot of rom-coms really want you to take them seriously. Mm. Okay, so we're carving out like a genre, a subgenre here. Yeah. There are some that can go in this category. Of course. Put your Eurovision fire saga yeah. in there. I, You know, I think a lot of it really is that there's just some big Eurovision energy tapped into this film. <laughs> I was thinking that because I was thinking about how there's some real bops in here. It's real like, What's the bops. last movie that had some real bops? Oh, yeah. I stand by my tweet that no one else appreciated, mm-hmm. which is that... The song in this film, Church, is proof that the United States could have the capacity to pull off the American Song Contest, if we're brave enough. (laughs) NBC. NBC, are you listening? Are you listening? (laughs) I think we'll have some recording at the end of this episode also about (laughs) ACS. have the creative minds in this country to do what the American Song Contest could do. And those are the creative minds who said, what if we dress Jennifer Lopez in stained glass (laughs) nude mesh and had her supported by sexy nuns (laughs) and leather daddy priests? (laughs) She's the embodiment of your stained glass window. (laughs) reproductive rights window in my basement yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the strategically placed cross in that costume uh-huh. was really something yeah yeah it was incredible the whole premise of the marriage ceremony via concert was amazing I've heard a lot of quibbling on the internet about that part of the premise. <laughs> and so for background, if you are coming into this somehow not having seen the trailers, Jennifer Lopez is a pop star mm-hmm. and she's dating a pop star. And together mm-hmm. they have a song that's a famous pop song called Marry Me. Mm-hmm. And they're engaged and they're going to get married by social media live stream while they perform Marry Me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I heard a lot of quibbling about it and how it just seems absurd that two stars would do this and that it would get the social media draw that it has. And I just wanted to be like, does no one remember how Kanye West proposed to Kim Kardashian? Because I don't follow celebrity gossip and I remember that. And it's not that much different than this premise. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I feel like... People who do follow celebrity gossip could name, like, three other things like that that have happened. If you told me today that J-Lo and Ben Affleck did this, Mm -hmm. I would be like, yes, I believe you. It feels like something Ariana Grande would do. I don't know enough about her, but sure. (laughs) I feel like during her Pete Davidson era... This could these, have been are, these are names I see on Twitter, and I just don't. I don't. I literally <laughs> dumped like the sum total of my celebrity knowledge in the last like thirty seconds, so I know I sound really powerful right now. But I'm like, 
I'm running on fumes here. Yeah. What we're saying is like... I stand by it. (laughs) The youths of Euphoria High would not be alarmed by this behavior and neither are we I don't think it's that insane. Like, it's a PR stunt that makes sense to me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so then the the film premise is that she finds out that the boyfriend, fiancé, pop star has been cheating on her right before she's about to go on stage. So she goes on stage anyway, has a breakdown, (laughs) chooses to spontaneously marry the person who's holding the marry me sign in the audience. And the only person who supposedly has this sign is Owen Wilson. (laughs) Yeah. Who's there by accident. Who's a sad single dad. (laughs) Having been coerced by his, like, 11-year-old child and his yes. best friend. Yes. But, you know, who among us? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yes, I will marry you, and then just does it? Like, Yeah. It's like a social awkwardness thing. Like, the she's pointing at him, and everybody in the crowd's looking at him, so then his friend, who's Sarah Silverman just like it's like you have to go so then he goes and then they get married which help sure 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 so then the whole movie is them like deciding they might pursue the fake marriage for pr reasons but yeah so she decides this is where the the plot holes start to fall apart in ways that feel very much like unforced errors so she decides that she has to stay married to him because of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And she has to change the narrative around herself because the narrative is that she's had all these failed marriages and she's just crazy. Yep. So she has to have a successful marriage. So they have to make it work for like three months and they sign, make him sign an NDA. Yes. And then they go to a press conference where she gives like a speech about women's empowerment and marriage. Yes. <laughs> sure. And then she lives her pop star life and he just keeps being like, why do you do sponsorship for Vitamix? I do not understand. <laughs> and then she's like, I want to be a normal girl. <laughs> and then they fall in love. <laughs> they fall. They they, they, like be- they become friends and who I think become interested in kissing. I feel like that's the vibe. Yeah, I don't think there's boning in this movie. There's implied no. boning. No. Well, there's a suggestion of boning. Yeah. In There's a scene where... Um, so J-Lo has like a posse of people who follow her around creating content for her YouTube channel and her social media, including like a little camera guy. Who just, like, films everything she does. Yes. And so one night, she's busy being a normal girl with her camera crew. And Owen Wilson's like, hey, do you want to come walk my dog Mm -hmm. alone? And so they do. And then they go back to Owen Wilson's apartment. And they're, like, standing close together listening to an old musical on a record player. And he says he's going to turn it off. And J-Lo says, no, I like it. And then he says something like, well, if I'm about to have the best night of my life, something, something, something. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you 16? Is this the prom? <laughs> well, they do go to prom, do they not? <laughs> Fair. 
It was icky and I didn't like it. Yeah. They, I found like some of their depictions of celebrity life to be more realistic than most. Yeah. And other things to be like things that they, that felt like they still had a PR hat on. Like they do a lot to tell you that JLo's like wants to like hang out with the kids at Owen Wilson's school for like inspiring them and doing charity-esque visits and it looks as fake as it would. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, she they don't like, do a good doing... job of like conveying any real emotion by no, There's not a single human emotion anywhere in this film. No. <laughs> not a one. I didn't need one though. Like No. I I had a good time. <laughs> See, I think that's the primary purpose of this film, is everyone's just here to have fun. Yeah. I did have a good time. I thought it slapped. I thought it slapped. That's the end of that sentence. Um, There's a couple of different scenes where she, like, goes to his mathlete yep. practices or whatever, because Owen Wilson is, like, the mathlete coach. And yes. the kids all have stage fright, so she makes them do dance routines. And that's where it's like, okay, you only did this so that you could use it for a Pepsi commercial later. Like, no one, no one would see this and believe it. No. No one. No. Yeah, absolutely not. There's some really good bits about, so her assistant, I should mention, I was thrilled. Thrilled! Is our friend Samuel Tarley, who's like the only redeeming... He's part so of the entire I Game of Thrones him in franchise. More stuff. I'm sure he's done stuff since Game of Thrones, and I'm interested in spending more time with him. Yeah, he's great. He's charming. Um, he he's her like main assistant, and he he's there a lot, and he's great. But there's several moments where Owen Wilson like encourages this, but she decides she's gonna like do things on her own, so she sends him away. Gosh. <laughs> That was the most confusing plot device to me the entire time is like when they decide they're going to have this little competition and she's going to take care of herself without her staff and he's Mm -hmm. going to use social media. (laughs) The whole thing was so muddled. It was it was very muddled. But the parts where she she tries to travel to Ohio. Yes. Without help are really charming. She's like in the airport trying to bribe someone to give her their standby ticket. Yep. And the airline's like, that's not how that works. And Samuel like pops up and is like, here's your ticket. It's fine. Here's your passport. Here's your wallet. And she's like, I wanted to do it on my own. And he's like, I know, I know. Just go. (laughs) It is good. Meanwhile, she's like tromping around in like a sequin dress and stilettos. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you have to sit and coach. <laughs> yes. It, it's, yeah. Those I are also well found that like most good hate watches, the first third is like this absolute peak of like delight and insanity. And mm-hmm. then there's, like, a pretty steep drop-off. 
for the like middle third and then the final third is fun. Yeah. And so you still end on a good note, but like nothing really tops the initial high of those first like no, 30 minutes or so. That's true. I don't even know that I would qualify this as a hate watch for myself. Like I was just happy to be here and like <laughs> Have a rom-com that had a budget in the year of our Lord 2022, like a, a yeah. significant enough budget that it was, it, against all odds, f- good enough. Good enough. <laughs> good enough. Like, now, I'll take it. Would you have seen this one in a theater? No. 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 I rarely saw rom-coms in a theater, but that's kind of the point. That's like, fair. They're really meant to be consumed on the couch, which is probably why I like <laughs> <laughs> Like, very low barrier to entry do i regret not seeing mamma mia in theaters obviously but oh, like i can tell you firsthand that the way to have seen mamma mia yeah. was in the theater absolutely but most rom-coms don't need that kind of a visual medium that yeah. is larger than life here <laughs> but i think like this was the first rom-com I've seen in a long time that felt like we were back in the, maybe, if not the peak, maybe, like, (laughs) the the Badlands after the peak. Yeah, that I would agree with. This does feel like, like, when the machine was starting to get worn and tired and needed some service. Yeah. 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 But it wasn't that fresh and new, but it was like, we haven't had rom-coms in the tiktok era i suppose (laughs) (laughs) what does that look like and like we know we're gonna get several more this year yeah which is huge yeah i was i i broke kelsey a little bit because um shortly after the wedding scene i was like I just can't wait to see how these two crazy kids are going to fall in love. (laughs) (laughs) And like, true to myself, I was not interested in the conflict. Like I didn't, I didn't need that whole part where they have the will, they won't, they bit. But I was, it's like, this is where I was willing to see the argument for formula. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it was like, okay, they have this crazy meet cute. And now, by the end, they're going to have to have a happy ending. So what's the road to get there? Because right now we're pretty far from that place. Yep. And, like, I get it. I get it. I was having this whole thought about how so much of the criticism of rom-coms and other films and TV shows or whatever is, if anything, is formulaic. And I was like, but being formulaic works for you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the whole appeal, isn't it? That is the whole appeal. <laughs> it's not a deep thought, but it felt like an epiphany because I've always been so opposed to mm-hmm. the formula. No, the formula is nice sometimes. Like this fits the vibe of like, I don't know. I, we watched it on like a Saturday night. You yeah. and I both did. It yeah. was like, you're tired. It's like a little too early to go to bed. You just want something to like get you through two hours. Yep. Yeah, and it's like had... more fun than you think it's going to be. Totally. I had like nothing in the tank. I didn't want to watch anything. I didn't want to have to form an opinion about anything. Mm-hmm. I I wanted something that I knew would be delightful, and I was weaving. So I needed it to be, like, pretty low-key. Yeah. And this is perfect. This is perfect for that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I think, like, 
this ground has been trod many times before. Like, this is Notting Hill. Pretty That's much what verbatim. Kept saying. The meat cute's like a little <laughs> larger this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little more public. But this is Notting Hill, but Notting Hill takes itself more seriously. So seriously. Like, Notting Hill is not here to have a good fun time, I feel like. No. But not this a is also time anyway. This is also Starstruck. And this is my scheduled time to talk about Starstruck again and how okay, good it is. You've told me a little bit about Starstruck, but I'm gonna give you the floor to tell me more about Starstruck. Starstruck um is on HBO Max and it's only 30 minutes and there's only six episodes, which is my biggest pitch to you because it's only three hours of your time or less. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's a it's about a like thir- 29, 30 year old, whatever, who has a lot of like dead end jobs and is just, you know, getting by. And she meets a movie star in a bar on New Year's Eve and sh- they're both drunk and then they hook up. And she doesn't know that he's a movie star until the next day when she's, like, trying to creep out of his house. And she sees, like, a poster that's, like, come in the mail that's all covered up. And she, like, peels it back and she's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> what what have I done? What have I done? And it's the same premise. It's, like, a person who doesn't fit in that life. But who somehow, like, dates gets... a famous. Yeah. And, like, what do you do and how do you make that work? So that show is a whole year and it's like they keep like running into each other again at like different times throughout the year and that's sort of how they follow that and season two is also great but it's not here yet but i watched (laughs) (laughs) anyway season two stood up um when i didn't think it was going to but it stood up to season one so all right well, I'm not mad. They, like, really lean on rom-com tropes, but it's way more refreshing than Marry Me. <laughs> I mean, the bar is low enough. There's also a really good friendship plot. Like, the the best friend in Starstruck, you will, you would like a lot. <laughs> because you ha- I like I them am a lot. Al- like, you have me almost convinced. When I learned that the best friend and the main character are also roommates in real life, mm. <laughs> and that's why their friendship is so fun and, yep. like, hilarious, that sold it for me. Or that, like, that was... It didn't, like, make me watch it because I had already seen it, but I was like, yeah. oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like, brought it all home. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. There's some good friendship, like really good friendship. We love friendship around here. But anyway, so if you've seen Marry Me, <laughs> you better watch Starstruck. <laughs> yeah. I told yeah. a bunch of people that it slapped, and then people were like, oh, I guess I have to watch it now. And then I wanted to be like, okay, well, take it with a grain of salt. And I, fe- <laughs> I do feel like... <laughs> I do feel like that's the takeaway message. Like, it's really, really fun, but, like, set your expectations. Yeah. I don't want anyone to go watch this because I said it slapped and then come back to me and be like, hmm, I wasn't really into it. I was expecting it to be more like, hmm, and it's like, don't expect it to be anything. Just let it don't wash over you. Don't expect it to be you. anything. Yeah, exactly. It's fun in the, in the way that, like, rom-coms used to be fun. 
It's fun. It's not novel. It's not novel. And it's fun in the sense that several executives greenlit a costume in which J-Lo's boobs are a crucifix. So. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm never going to get over that scene. That scene starts with the zoom in on the sexy nuns. And I was like... I know my face isn't audible, but I hope that my face is audible at least, like, a little bit. Because, like, wow. Wow. Yeah, that that seems a ride. for the priests. No. No. Nothing. Nothing. I kind of respect the the whatever rom-com powers that be that made this movie, who were just, like... The people who were in rom-coms in 2005, eight, we're going to just take the same people. Just recycle them. Like, what? And like, like, who needs new people? They're also doing the exact same bits. Like, Owen Wilson has not evolved as an actor. I hate Owen Wilson, and I'm, like, so rattled that Kirstie was like, I liked Owen Wilson in When Wedding I was Crashers. a teenager, I found him charming. Every time I learn about the men in film that Kirstie found charming, it answers questions I didn't know I had. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Owen Wilson, not for me. <laughs> and as an adult, I get it. I, I'm not saying that I still find him charming. <laughs> Luke Wilson, much hotter. Yes. And taller. I would agree with that. <laughs> I would agree with that. But, but like, why not both? Okay, why not Hugh Grant, though? <laughs> why not Hugh Grant? <laughs> Hugh Grant would have been great in that role. I don't know, like, I feel like Hugh Grant is ready to come back to rom-coms. He's Where is he? Where's he been? Well, he did Paddington 2, which was his greatest acting performance of all time, <laughs> per himself and everyone else. And I'm going to force you to watch Paddington 2 sometimes. I, yeah. I keep feeling like I'm missing out on a huge part. Well, because I keep thinking I have to watch Paddington 1. No, you don't need to see Paddington 1. <laughs> Everyone's, like, having all these feelings about Paddington 2, and I'm like, well, how am I just supposed to jump into the middle? No. <laughs> Paddington 2 is about the prison industrial complex, among other things. <laughs> sure. Sure. It's truly incredible. Um, <laughs> talk about a wild ride. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. Do you ever feel like there are certain, like, markers in the culture that, like, large numbers of the population have just lost their minds entirely? I sometimes think of Paddington 2 as one of those markers. Maybe. Like, we all just collectively had this moment. I'm not saying that it, that there's something wrong with Paddington 2. I just think that, like, something about the environment came together to create both Paddington 2 and the response to Paddington 2. I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to say the same is true about Mamma Mia. Okay. I, yes. I would, Yes. <laughs> Having been there, I can agree with you on that. Yes. <laughs> they're different emotional journeys, but they're the same energy. 
Okay. Wow. Plot twist. Same reaction. Energy might be a. F- I don't want to. I don't want to oversell Paddington Two here. Like, <laughs> we're gonna march up to the Paddington Two podcast, and I'm gonna riot. <laughs> like I think I wept for Paddington Two, so it's a different experience. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> all this to say, Hugh Grant. I just think he's open. He's a different man than he was 20 years ago, and we need to explore this. I think so. I agree. I agree with that. Let's let's write that script. Let's write a script for Hugh Grant. I did, and it was called Mamma Mia 3. <laughs> I know, where he was our fourth dad. I don't understand why he's not in Mamma Mia by now. I know. I know. He was destined to be a dad. I know. Anyway... I think you should watch Marry Me. It's really fun. It's really fun. It's very glittery. It wants nothing from you in return. No. And, like, I think we're going to be on the rom-com beat this year, so (laughs) this is the first of maybe many. (laughs) We do have some, like, some hot rom-com action on the books. Yes. That's a very mixed metaphor. <laughs> no, we don't have rom com action. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what I was trying to accomplish with my words at that moment. But anyway, did you find that all of the songs in this movie were stuck in your head like inexplicably. What did you find that all those songs in this movie were stuck oh, yeah. in your head inexplicably? I, I my brain has just been a nonstop rotation of "Marry Me," "Church," and the Paw Patrol theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you look at me at any given moment, it's one of those three. Wow. Not a thought, not a thought up here, just those songs. Just those? Just those. I didn't even realize they'd, like, played enough to get in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I even, do like, think... the, the little score they have. I was, I like, driving through movie... it, and I was like, what the fuck is that song? And I was like, oh. <laughs> just a song. I think for a movie about a pop star where the most important plot element is a song, they actually did, like, a very respectful balance of the music. That's a good point. You know, like, they play Marry Me a few times, they've got the score, and then she has the four other songs that come up throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Church, the one she writes for Owen Wilson, the one she wrote as a teenager that she sings at the school... Mm-hmm. I feel like there's another one. The Marry Me song. Didn't I already say that? You said church. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> there's not that many songs is the point. Yeah. And they're played at, like, key moments, and they're not overplayed. Mm-hmm. Even Marry Me is only played, like, a handful of times. Yeah. And I think it's very respectful. It's very easy to go overboard in a music movie. They also have the benefit, and maybe this is, like, the reason why you put J-Lo in the movie, of, like, having someone who can legitimately sing these songs yeah. and has the credentials to be, who, like, is known as a pop star, and they have songs that are well-written enough that they yeah. pass, like... <laughs> I've heard criticism of J-Lo in this movie, J-Lo as a pop musician... The songwriting in this movie, 
like all of these different criticisms and i'm just like what pop music are you listening to that you feel you even have the right <laughs> frankly like <laughs> no offense to pop music but like it to only me, has to be so good it sounds like pop music <laughs> it all sounds like pop music and like it's catchy without being annoying mm-hmm. and i think it does its job yeah and I just, I don't know who we're trying to impress here. <laughs> Very discerning viewers of NBC's Peacock, okay? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. But I agree with you. I think, like, a lot of the a lot of the music, I mean, I haven't listened to J-Lo extensively or anything, but a lot of the music seems like in keeping with music she would produce and write. So, mm-hmm. I you know... And I think that's part of why, like, her character felt reasonable also, because I think in a lot of ways she was playing herself. Yeah, it felt like there was less acting. Yeah. I think she's, like, maybe not the best actress all the time. Correct. As we've seen in second act and in several (laughs) rom-coms. And I feel like this was the best acting I've seen from her, but probably you're right because it's not much of a stretch. Because I think this is like, I mean, she may not be exactly this pop star, but like, she's a famous person who travels the world and has an entourage, which is basically mm-hmm. the entirety of her character. Yeah. And who's been married a couple times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it was not a stretch role. No. <laughs> but you know what? I not everything it. can be. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Watch Marry Me. Watch it. Enjoy it. Have a good fun time. Is it time to talk about ACS? Do you have updates? I don't have a ton of updates. The only major update about the ACS is that they announced the hosts during the Super Bowl, I believe. Mm-hmm. So the hosts will be Snoop Dogg and Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> And I was listening to a Eurovision podcast this week where they were like, it's two guys from the UK, and they were like being a little judgmental about (laughs) Snoop and Kelly Clarkson hosting the American Song Contest. And like, I think it's an interesting choice, personally. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know who I would have picked instead. It's an interesting choice. But I don't know what right anyone from the UK has to be judgmental about it. (laughs) two of our biggest music stars in the country who both have experience hosting television shows. It makes a lot of sense from a production standpoint. Right. Spanning genres. Come at me, Euro fans. But please don't, you're scary. (laughs) (laughs) I think they should just be happy that we're keeping it amongst ourselves over here. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm not, like, I, I think it's the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> My expectations for American Song Contest are low. I have some, I have a lot of frustrations with the format, with, like, some of the choices, and I still don't feel like I totally understand the goal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, originally the goal was to have, like, a contest in Europe, a contest in Asia, and a contest in North America, and then they would all have, like, a Miss Universe-style face-off at some point. Oh, my God. And, you know, fine. 
global mm-hmm. song domination. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. But the Asian Song Contest never made it off the ground. And the American Song Contest has the format of, like, a of essentially like Sweden's national final. Mm. But not of... Not of the scale of, like, a contest for the whole continent. I mean, is it because it's not the whole continent like i it could be it could be um i think it's we get canada in on this oh god i don't know if i'd be ready for canada versus us i think a north america contest would be i'd be fascinated it would be more interesting than a us only contest i'll say that yeah every province plus mexico against, yeah I don't. I just don't know how Mexico is geographically delineated. States? There's states in Mexico. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, they can do states. Whatever they are. Um. Yeah. So it's still slated for now to start airing in March, um, and for the final to be the week of Eurovision, which I have quibbles with, but like mm-hmm. NBC is doing what they do. Yep. Um, that's the choice that they made. I mean, this production has been a shit storm. A shit storm. Somebody raised the point a couple weeks ago on another Eurovision podcast that if they've changed the schedule once, there's nothing keeping them from changing the schedule again. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that because they put it out on like Super Bowl ads. Yeah. Um, and have started like regularly airing promos. I do think that that schedule is probably pretty set in stone. Yeah, I think so, too. I haven't seen any more information, though, about Host City or, like, really anything else meaningful about contestants or contestants. It's going to be in L.A. Like, like that seems yeah. obvious to me. They, they just, just had to like, get the right date at the Staples Center or whatever, and, like, it's just going to happen. I don't <laughs> so, know. Like, So, yeah, I think I have a lot of problems with it, but... At this point, I think if we're if we ever are gonna do the contest stateside, like they might as well start somewhere. I'm curious about the production value because they're clearly not gonna get the same team if it's on the same no week no. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, and I don't, I don't have a great sense of how like. When you have this model where it's, like, individual heats every week that lead up to, like, a semifinal and then a final, like, how much room there is for the act to evolve. Mm-hmm. Because half the fun of Eurovision is how a song evolves during the final rehearsals and stuff. <laughs> for some. For some. <laughs> but, like, also, I want to know who our representative who is who's going to go on TV and give our scores. Like, but I don't know who saying. my state's like, representative is. There is no information about contestants or, like, running order, who's competing week to week, or, like, I want to start seeing contestant bios. I want to start seeing teasers. Like, yeah. give me anything. There's some serious NDAs happening, clearly. Or fucking clearly. Um, embargoes. I still don't forgive NBC for deciding that, like, they would, as every act applied, they had to name the three states they had a personal connection to, and then NBC would just, like, decide who they represent. Yeah, I don't like, think that's right. Like, as a constituent, I have some serious <laughs> concerns <laughs> about what constitutes a personal connection to Vermont. Right. I've, I've 
I've heard, I've told some people that I'm from Vermont, and I've heard some of the responses to me <laughs> saying that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, I told someone, or I had a manager in a regional office who took over my region, and he was like, I totally understand what it's like to work in Vermont. In summers growing up, I'd go to New Hampshire and go canoeing. <laughs> and then, like, the next week, we were having some kind of conversation. He's like, well, what's your closest subway station? <laughs> so, like, I just think personal connection means something different to everybody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> Feels like it shouldn't be that hard to find someone from each state. Yeah, it's not there convenient. There are artists in all 50 states, in all of the territories. Supposedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I did just learn that the territories are included. Okay. Which was exciting for me personally. I think that's mm-hmm. nice. That is nice. Branch out of the continental a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, although there was some quibbling on... Eurovision Twitter about whether or not American is an acceptable name for it for a lot of reasons, but also in part because the territories are included. Mm. I don't have an opinion. I don't give a shit. I think the whole contest is kind of stupid anyway. <laughs> it's fraught. I also still, I mean, I, I, th- I think we made this decision for the podcast. Maybe we haven't, but I haven't decided in my heart if I like really want to watch the week to week episodes versus just tuning in for the semifinals. Yeah, no, we're gonna. That's gonna be a game time decision. Yeah, we're gonna try some things and we're see try. What, see how things go. I just I don't tune in for anything for Eurovision before the semifinals, so I don't know why I have to for the American Song Contest either. No, I don't think you do have to. I think it, I, I'm curious enough yeah. just because I want to see what the final product's going to be. And I feel like that'll be an indicator. Yeah. I mean, but. I think I think we should, but I also like want to riot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to assign us homework and then be indignant about it. Is that not what we do every week? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, speaking of, you may have noticed that, I'm sure you noticed that we bumped <laughs> Heathrow Britain's busiest airport back a Our couple of weeks. mom is going to be so mad. I know. Gotta um, get her shit together. Heathrow's busy, Britain's busiest, air, I can never say this show's name. <laughs> <laughs> Heathrow's busiest Britain. <laughs> that one. <laughs> is experiencing some delays, so... We're going to work to get that back on track, but we're ready. Like, we could record it right now. We're just... We're so ready. You I mean, know. we could. What's stopping us? It's only 10.30 on a Thursday night. <laughs> we just felt that Marry Me was topical content that we needed yeah. to discuss. We felt it was important to make you all watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, this is giving you more time to watch Britain's Busiest Airport so that when we do talk about it, you know exactly what we're talking about. We're doing it's, you a favor. We are. We are. <laughs> you won't know true dedication to your role until you meet Demi. Ugh. 
the things I would like to say <laughs> about my friend Demi. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do an outro because we might just have to roll into this. A, so. a passenger made him cry and I almost set my TV on fire. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll get into it. That's Ooh, your okay. teaser. All right. Um, if you enjoyed this at all, <laughs> I'm begging you to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Because some people listen to the show and they just don't find it fun, so they give Someone us one-star reviews. Someone else gave us a one-star review. And speaking of wanting to set something on fire... Just don't. Guys, just don't. we're nice people. We don't hate a lot of things. We, we really don't. I feel like we like things more often than not. We're just here to have fun. Just give us five stars. Yeah, so if you don't want to do that, but you do want to contact us, I guess, um, <laughs> you can tweet to us at HateWatchWithUs. You can find us on, uh, at HateWatchWithUs.com. There's a contact button on there. You can email us at HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. And that's it. Yeah, I think that's all of them. I cannot do this outro anymore. Anyway, <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> Um, we are also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which is a network of podcasts. So if you don't like our podcast, but want to listen to more podcasts, you can find more podcasts over at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Th uh, I was about to give their email. You can't find podcasts at their email, but you could talk to them about podcasts by emailing them at thoughtbubbleaudio.gmail.com, or you can find them on Twitter at thoughtbubbleFM. And I already gave their website, didn't I? I know, I know. I did this out of order. <laughs> anyway, you can assume they have a website. It's thoughtbubbleaudio.com, and they're also on Patreon if you search for Thought Bubble Audio. And if you're really into teen dramas from the early odds, <laughs> check out the Everwood Pinecast. And just search for that. If you've ever listened you'll to us, us on this podcast and thought, man, this show would be a lot more fun if it was about a 20-year-old WB drama and they swore less than the Everwood yeah. podcast is for you. <laughs> we edit a little better, but we still laugh, which some people don't like. Some people do find the cackling disagreeable. <laughs> Enough to reduce their star reviews, which is like <laughs> baffling. Anyway. Anyway, marry me. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> <laughs>